Hey, Sam. Hey, Luke. What's, uh, what's wrong, buddy? I just watched the hit 2004 film Troy starring Brad Pitt and Eric Bana, but I don't know if it's accurate at all. Hey, we've all been there, friend. This has you pretty messed up, huh? Well, I have good news for you. Ah! Jesus! I'm a doctor. Of medicine? Even better, classics. And I have all the answers for your burning questions about myths, ancient Greco-Roman history, and the movies. Where can we get this incredible medicine? Over on the podcast, Greased Lightning. It's on all your favorite podcatchers. It will be the sweet ambrosia of the gods. New episodes every other Monday. Two words to me in three years of Bret Hart Hello and welcome to Hanksy Panksy, a podcast where two dumb idiot best friends fill themselves mind, body, and soul with incredibly snotty footage of negotiating fiend Tom Hanks. I'm Sam Siegel, and I'm one of those dumb idiots. And I'm your favorite CIA operative slash handler. I am Luke Patrick. Uh, hey, Sam. Hey, Luke. This week, uh, I'm pretty sure we both watched uh, 2015's Bridge of Spies, mm-hmm. did we not? Mm-hmm. Yes, we did. So let's let's dig in. How is your watch? Okay, so I think it's worth noting that you and I both punted on this movie. Uh, oh yeah, pretty hard. So we hit Friday night, and <laughs> Sam, I did not want to see this movie. I did, in fact, go to a physical movie theater for the first time in like a year plus change to see a totally different movie that was not starring Tom Hanks. I did see Nobody uh-huh. starring Bob Odenkirk. Uh, which is a fantastic film, great date night film. If you're looking to get out and you're vaccinated, you want to go see a movie. Um, so <laughs> all that to say, didn't watch Bridge of Spies on Friday. Uh, didn't uh-uh. want to watch it on Saturday, but I did finally boot it up. And Sam, we'll talk about this more in a second, but half of this movie was a little tedious, and then the other half was uh, pretty white-knuckling. Um, so yeah. I, really, I really ended up digging it. Which is weird, given the amount of resistance, the electrical current, you know, met a right. ton of resistance kind of rolling into this one. But then afterwards, mm-hmm. uh, everything was just flowing pretty smoothly. Ended up having a pretty fantastic watch, if I do say so myself. Well, Luke, that is just great to hear. Mm-hmm. I'm so happy for you. Yeah. How was your watch? Luke, have you ever felt like you were in uh, the beginning of a horror movie? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think so. But tell me more. So this morning at 4.45, I was woken, awoken by my wife from one of the coolest, most elaborate dreams I've had in quite some time. Mm. And she, she woke me up right before the climax that I was very much looking forward to. And she woke me up and said, do you hear that? Uh-oh. And so so I sat for a minute, and then I heard what sounded like a bunch of rocks uh, in our dryer. Uh-oh. And, uh, 
And so I waited for a bit, hoping, hoping that it was just the cats being stupid. Uh, But Luke, the sound continued, and it sounded way too heavy to be a cat. Mm -mm. And so I got out of bed, and in the pitch black of our house, I slowly investigated in nothing but my branded micromodal boxer briefs. <laughs> and Luke, it was fucking terrifying. I would go over to a door and just just slowly open it, knowing that on the other side of it, I would be killed. Mm-hmm. But all I could think is, you know what? At least if I'm going to die, my butt's going to look great in these branded <laughs> micromodal uh underwear man it'd be nice if they threw us a sponsorship uh i feel like it just keeps coming up so organically yeah yeah so i just in a complete pants shitting fear explored our home uh and only to find that luke it had been one of my cats chewing on an empty bag of food Oh, man, you hate to hear that. Now, did you get back to sleep, or were you just so pants-shittingly terrified that uh, it, it didn't work out for you? Well, I, I got back into bed thinking for sure that in about ten minutes I'm just going to have to go watch Bridge of Spies, a movie I had been putting off so hard, but mostly because I think I had been getting flashbacks to the time that I bought a ticket for it mm-hmm. and then didn't go see it. Luke, I wanted to pull uh, pull the eject shoot on this thing like 16 <laughs> times. Uh, so I did manage to fall back asleep. I woke up a couple hours later just wildly groggy. Never got the rest of that dream finished, so I was disappointed there. And then I watched Bridge of Spies fully expecting to be disappointed. Mm. And I wasn't at yeah. all. Yeah, yeah, dude, yeah had a had a nice watch uh my my wife uh woke up a little later and uh joined me about midway through the film mm. and she she did say you know what i'm glad we left this in the theater because <laughs> <laughs> she did not enjoy it mm, uh, it was not her that. scene but otherwise you know it was a it was a fine watch uh, that really pulled me out of a uh, real tailspin of a morning. So, uh, so yeah. Nice. Well, I, I love hearing every part of that, and I'm I did try to set you up for success a little bit. So we're not allowed to tell each other what we think of the movie ahead of time. But I did try to try to preempt this watch a little bit because I know that you and I both had been sort of dawdling on it, and I tried to tell you that you're going to have a good time, and I'm very, very pleased to hear that you did, in fact, have a good time. Yeah, yeah. You know, I I was so happy when you sent me that text, because, man, I, again, I don't know that I've dreaded watching a movie more. Yeah. I mean, we're late-stage Tom Hanks at this point, and this one's two and a half hours long, y'all. So yeah, it's a lot to ask. Uh, it's just it's just another one to put shove into the shoot, so to speak, and it just it just hurts sometimes. Yeah, look, I can do two hours, but once you start passing two hours and ten minutes, mm-hmm. ooh, you are asking a lot of me. Yep, it's a lot of Tom Hanks time. Hey, I did the math recently. Do you oh, want to no. know uh, what we're up to as far as amount of uh, Tom Hanks hours watched? 
I mean, Luke, I don't, but I feel like you're going to tell me anyway. Oh, yeah, bud. It is 80 hours. No. 80 <laughs> hours. More oh than three God. days of watching oh, Tom Hanks. No. <laughs> oh. That's a uh, conservative estimate, too. That's assuming an average of an hour and 45 minutes per movie. And look, um, they aren't. I can almost guarantee you that mm-hmm. Tom averages like two hours per movie. Yeah. So that's that's on a conservative end of it. But, Sam, we've spent Fuck. more than three consecutive days Fuck. strapped into the modified Ludovico, just raw dogging oh. some Tom Hanks movies. <laughs> Luke, just give us the plot. Okay. So I think rather than doing this one in a three-act structure, I'm going to break it up into the two halves uh, that this movie is. Because this movie is essentially two movies <laughs> smashed into one movie. Are you going to make it, bud? Are you okay? I don't know anymore. Okay. I was feeling fine, Luke. I was doing great. <laughs> and then you told me that. Hey, Just, the math the math doesn't lie, and I hate to keep doing it, but I am always curious. Yeah, I just just ignore me. Okay, that's fair. So the plot uh, on this puppy, so it's essentially two movies and one movie. So there's a half a movie and then another half of the movie. The first half of the movie is Tom Hanks is a lawyer, which he is in the second half as well, but he's kind of performing different functions. <laughs> so uh-huh. in the first half. Tom Hanks is the lawyer charged with defending a caught Russian spy, uh, Rudolf Abel, I believe mm-hmm. is his name. Yes. And he sort of begrudgingly takes on this task uh, because the man does need a an actual defense in criminal court. So he provides this. Uh, it's about him doing his best to provide said defense. Uh, they go to court and he's sentenced or he's found guilty and then he's sentenced to 30 years uh, in prison and uh, then they appeal it, and then we jump all the way to the Supreme Court, where the the sentence is upheld at the Supreme Court level. We really do blast through it pretty much that quickly. Yeah. Um, and it's established throughout this that the, most of America kind of hates Tom Hanks for what he's doing here, because everyone mm-hmm. thinks the man defending a spy is a piece of shit, uh, even though he didn't ask for it. Yeah. So that's kind of like the first half of the movie. It's him lawyering. It's, it's a lawyer movie. With a whole plot line about how his house gets shot up and people dislike him extremely for for doing this thing. Now, the second half of the movie, which I would argue is way more interesting, is them in uh, the same the same dude. Tom Hanks is a lawyer in East Berlin negotiating a prison swap prisoner swap um, between Rudolf Abel and a man named Powers who is downed over Soviet space and was captured and him sort of maneuvering, going through the political climate, working with the GDR, working with the USSR, trying to negotiate this deal. There's some buck wild stuff. Like there's a three people that are pretending to be the family of Rudolf Abel. Yes. Which is phenomenal. (laughs) And we'll talk about that more. I'm sure. Um, yeah, and he gets mugged for his coat in East Berlin by some hoodlums. He does? It's just, it's awesome. Just all the political intrigue, and then it resolves itself. Eventually, they do finally uh, negotiate the surrender in exchange of two prisoners on the USSR and GDR side because they captured some 
just fucking luckless son of a bitch. Yeah. Uh, this college an student. An economic student. Yeah, an economic student in Berlin who just happened to be on the wrong side of the wall when the wall went up. Uh, truly just the most luckless son of a bitch on the planet. Anyway, they negotiate his surrender and Powers' surrender as well in exchange for Rudolf Abel. And then all this takes place, Sam, <laughs> on a bridge. On a bridge. On a bridge. Uh, bridge. <laughs> the exchange happens. On a literal bridge of spies. Bridge, just a bridge full of spies. Yup. Uh, and snipers. Yeah, and snipers. And then he goes home, and he's uh, much more appreciated in the public eye. He gets a lot more claim, and he goes on to uh, negotiate for a living. It's kind of what yep. he does. Uh, so that's the plot. Again, it's like two two halves of the same coin, kind of two different plot lines. Uh, I, would, I don't know. Well, before we dig into that, Sam, what do you think of this movie? Uh, I gotta tell you, I really liked it, and and you're sort of knocking on the first half of the movie, and to be perfectly honest with you, I legitimately enjoyed it, uh, mm. just fully unironically. Yeah. Um, I, I even thought, you know what, if the whole movie had just been this like kind of courtroom drama, I, yes. I would have been okay with it. Oh, yeah. It easily could have been the full movie, which I guess is the only thing that I have to say about it, is that it moves very quickly in terms of pacing. Uh, yeah. Because they are sort of slam jamming a bunch of stuff into that first hour, hour and 15 minutes ish. Um, but yeah, it easily could have been the whole movie and I would have been super oh, yeah. satisfied for Wait, sure. You mean cases don't get to the Supreme Court just lickety split like that? Yeah, with skipping all of the appellate courts, I think they're uh-huh. called. I know things. Yeah, um, yeah you know. Um, but Luke, you, I want to I wanna get your review, but you probably have some questions as to why I have you hooked up to a polygraph right now. Mm, yeah, I did wonder about that, actually. Yeah, so I really just want to take your temperature on some things, and uh, and I think I need to make sure that you're not lying. Okay. okay. Um, so so just, just for the record here, uh, so we can get a baseline, uh, can you say your name? Yeah, it is Luke Patrick. Okay, and are you, uh, in fact, a resident of the state of Colorado? Uh, yes, sir. Col- Colorado for life. Okay, okay. And uh, is this uh, correct that you are the host of a podcast about Tom Hanks? Uh, yes. Yes, Your Honor. Okay, good. We're, we're getting a good reading here. We've got a solid baseline. Um, do you like Thomas J. Hanks? <laughs> I am I'm hooked up to a polygraph, so uh this one's tough. Um I'm Ooh, gonna getting some interesting readings here. <laughs> I think no. I think no is the answer, Sam. Uh yeah, that checks out. That's that's true. <laughs> when yeah, you okay. when you strap me into a machine like this and sort of grill me on it, I do think the, the truthful answer would have to be no. Yeah, yeah. Um Okay, okay, moving on. Do you think Thomas J. Hanks is a good actor? Yes. Yes, I do. Ooh, got a little wibble there. Mm. Got a little wibble there. I mean, I have seen Bachelor Party. So, it's, you know, when you see the sausage get made, Your Honor, I guess that's what I'm saying, is it's it's difficult to parse the end product when Mm. you did see every step of the sausage getting made. But, yeah, I think at the end... 
you know, Thomas Thomas J. Hanks is in fact a good actor. I think we can we can say that categorically. Excellent, excellent. Um, and just a just a final question. Hmm. Um. Are you now, or have you ever been a member of the Communist Party? Uh, that is a maybe. Maybe. Uh, just a just a yes or no, Luke. <laughs> just need a yes or no. Well, Sam, how does one know if one's been in the Communist Party? I mean, I've dabbled. I've dabbled a, with the left. Just a yes or no, soldier. Uh, <laughs> let's go with sure. Oh, that's true. Holy shit. Okay. We got him. We got him. Go, go, go. I've now barricaded myself in my office uh, to prevent any sort of invasion while we complete this podcast. Yeah, we are on a time limit now because mm-hmm. soon uh, the House on the American Activities Committee is going to be in there. Yeah. Uh, and Didn't- they're didn't sort of expect my Saturday to go this way, which it's a Sunday, so shit. Yeah, I was, was going to say, Luke, uh, I got Ugh. some bad news for you. It is a Sunday. Man, we punted so hard on this movie this week. <laughs> we really We're really did. recording so late. <laughs> um, so, uh, I mean, you can keep the polygraph on if you want, but um, what do you think of the movie? So, I'm with you. The first half of the movie was good, mm-hmm. um, and then the second half of the movie was gripping as all hell. Yes, uh, I genuinely enjoyed pretty much every part of this this movie, but especially the back half because the political mm-hmm. intrigue and watching Tom Hanks maneuver and try to negotiate these this exchange, man, it was really good stuff. I honestly, this may be one of my favorite watches ever, Sam. I think so, and it and it shows because during the first half of the movie, I took a decent number of notes and then I stopped. Completely. Yeah. yeah, I have scant few notes for this movie because I was just watching it for most of the time. Yeah, and and like it's it's also so compelling because it's uh like it's based on true events. Mm-hmm. So like all the shit legit happened, which is buck fucking wild. Oh yeah. Um, I mean, I mean, just it, like the whole like. Hey, the Soviet Union, totally cool with the prisoner exchange, but they can't exchange the, the hapless student because he's not in their custody. He's in the East Germans' custody, mm-hmm. and they don't want to do it because then they're not really getting anything. But then, Tom, like, my favorite part is Tom being like, okay, well, you're going to do two for one, uh, mm-hmm. and... If you're not cool with it, then you're going to get to tell the Soviets that they don't get their prisoner back and that you spoiled this whole fucking deal. Yeah. So so that's on you. Uh, and they were like, God damn it. Oh, such a good part of this movie. You almost wish you could see this man negotiate a two-for-one deal like at a restaurant. Like, oh, you're going to yeah. give me the steak and you're going to give me the salad for the same price. Or else I'm going to tell the manager that you're the one that held up the proceedings at, exactly. uh, at this dinner tonight, sir. Do you think the, the real-life James Donovan never got a bad deal on a car? Oh, for fucking sure, dude. He would negotiate the pants off of every single nut and bolt on that brand-new Chevy. That's for I, fucking sure. I just feel like he would... Uh, <laughs> He would walk into a dealership. They'd try to play hardball with him for two seconds, and he'd go, look, 
I negotiated for the return of Francis Gary Powers and an American student for one Soviet spy. Uh, you're not going to win. You're yeah. not going to win today. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. I mean, he'd get he'd get whatever price he wants on a brand new beautiful Buick. That's for oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. I I bet so. Um so can we can we talk about the Soviet spy who I've referred to exclusively as the frown man? <laughs> Cuz he frowns a lot? Yes. Yeah. He just he's the frown man. Um, yeah, who famously throughout the movie, Tom Hanks keeps asking him, like, aren't you worried? Aren't you anxious? Aren't you worried about being yes, murdered? Yes, and yes, every time yes, he's yes. just like, uh, would it help? And I don't know, dude, but <laughs> I feel like having a response to your situation, it may not it might not help, but it feels pretty natural to be worried that you're gonna be electrocuted. <laughs> yeah, yeah it, at least it's an appropriate response other than the like calm demeanor that you have. Mm-hmm. Very I just true. Loved, I adored that. Uh, mm-hmm. Would it would it help? It's yeah. like, well, I mean, I guess not. But Jesus Christ, man, they're talking mm-hmm. about killing you. Yeah, but while we're talking about him, you know, I genuinely liked this guy. Yeah, he was great. Yeah, he's a painter. It was sort of his cover. He's doing something covert in the first ten minutes of the movie when he gets busted. Uh, something on a park bench. He gets some kind of information. Um, but yeah, dude's a painter. He's he's pretty, pretty likable. He's got a mm-hmm. fun Northern English accent for some reason. Uh, yeah, it's never fully explained why that is. And then his family, in quotes, all sound like Russians. Uh huh. So I guess it's just his cover. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, no. Uh, I somewhere there's like a throwaway line where they're like, we think he's uh, originally from Northern England. Yeah, but then he talks about his childhood in Russia because he says the thing about the standing man, which is what he refers yeah. to Tom Hanks as. So yeah. it's confusing, but I guess that's the nature of spycraft. Yep. I I was really impressed that at the beginning of the movie, he's being put under arrest by the CIA. Mm. Um, and they're like, hey, you're spying on the USA. Uh, we're putting you under arrest. And then he's like, hey, can I just grab some shit? And they're like, yeah, okay, as they're tearing his room <laughs> apart. And then he, like, ruins the, like, coded message that he received mm-hmm. and, like, just kind of does whatever the fuck he wants. And I was like, hey, CIA, you're just going to, like, be like, you're under arrest. And he's like, oh, I got to put up my paint. And they're yeah. like, well, heaven forbid your paints go nasty specifically he says i need to clean my paint palette or it'll be ruined and they're like hey yeah do that man that makes <laughs> that, perfect sense you've got to go seems, do that that seems very important right now sure because mm-hmm. you'll need that palette in jail yeah exactly like pretty low stakes on the palette <laughs> situation um but it did take a high priority with the cia while they're ransacking this man's room yeah very very true uh god fuck the cia um so okay he had that thing about standing man so like mm-hmm. someone who like keeps getting up even when they're knocked down yeah are we standing men hmm yes yes polygraph still on um categorically yes sam because we have been beat down by so mm-hmm. many different tom hanks movies 
And yet, as evidenced by this week, despite the fact that neither of us wanted to watch a two and a half hour Tom Hanks movie, uh, we fucking did it, man. We fucking did it. We did. Now, I will say, I think I'm a standing man only when the stakes are extremely low. Mm, now that may be. I think in regards to Tom Hanks movies, we are absolutely standing men. Uh, outside of that, like maybe in a pressure cooker interrogation situation. Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm gonna fold like a like a wet napkin. <laughs> yep, like a limp piece of ham. Uh, uh-huh. for sure. Just gonna fold right in half. Yeah, I could see that. I don't think I'd put up much resistance, if I'm honest uh, with myself. Oh yeah, no. Um. Yeah, I mean, do you have any other notes about the 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 frown man? So I do, because at the end of this movie, he gives Tom Hanks a gift, which they have kind of a weird friendship. Yeah. Um, which is a little strange, considering the man was a spy against the United States. Uh, but Tom says multiple times, like, hey, he's just a good soldier. He's just doing what he was told to do for his country. Yeah. So he has a lot of respect for that. But anyway, they have kind of a mutual respect thing going on. And at the end, the frowning man... Uh, Rudolph Abel does give him an oil painting of Tom Hanks and Sam would you like an oil painting of Tom Hanks I mean I'll say it's a good oil painting of Tom Hanks oh it's exceptional yeah I mean I think so at least Luke at least I would have something to show for this yeah all this time I've spent with Tom but at the same time I don't know that I would want to look at Tom anymore oh I think I would I'd love to hang this thing up like our dear leader just have it sort of hanging out in the house and just salute it every morning when I grab my coffee. See, I think, I think I'd want it on my bedside table. So I wake up every morning to, to Tom's lumpy face, which is quite a commitment because it's like a three foot painting. So that means you have a (laughs) framed three foot painting sitting (laughs) on your bedside table that you wake up to (laughs) every morning. Is it, it, you know, is it good design? No. I mean, does it look right? Absolutely not. But am I graced by Tom's beautiful, grizzled face every morning? Yeah. Hell yeah, brother. Uh, yeah. So, okay. So we loved the we loved the frown man. He was oh, yeah. great. And frankly, to be perfectly honest, I kind of respect him for spying on the United States and... I really thought the fact that it was either the death penalty or go to prison and the prison sentence was 30 years seemed (laughs) kind of light. Kind of lopsided when you think about it. It's death by electrocution or 30 years for spying in the United States. Yeah, that's that's not bad. I mean, he he seemed old, so it didn't seem like he would have made it. Yeah. I don't know. But 30 years seems pretty light. Um, so, okay. Why, why was his nose running all the time? Hey, it's a great question. I think, I think it's a danger inherent to spycraft that you're outside all the time. Uh-huh. Like you're running around, you're doing stuff. So I think you eventually develop what doctors would refer to as a permacold. Uh, mm. because of all the running around and then the dank situations you're in, you're always in subway tunnels or alleyways. You're not getting a lot of that plein air, so to speak. Yeah, because I got to tell you, we see a lot of snotty noses in this movie. Hell yeah, we do. There are, I mean, between his permacold and then Tom Hanks' actual cold when he's in East Germany. Yeah. Uh, 
yeah, it's pretty rough stuff all around. Handkerchiefs get a lot of a lot of use. Which hey, oh yeah, if you want your own personal handkerchief, uh, look for Hanks kerchiefs by our boy Colin Hanks, uh, made in California. They're all natural, I believe. Uh, yeah, check them out. Yeah, I'm actually gonna push back on this one. A handkerchief is uh, utterly disgusting. Mm. Um, and a Kleenex that you don't throw away is, as Meg Ryan put it, is horrific at best. <laughs> that that all makes some sense. But again, if you want your own branded California-made handkerchief for you to disgust your whole family and friends with, uh, look no further than Hank's kerchiefs. Yep, there you go. Uh, yeah, I mean, we do get a really good money shot of Tom Hanks with snot just pouring out of his nose on yep, the train. Yep, 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 yep. Oh, oh, it's pretty bad. Just hanging out on the S-Bahn, just just oozing. Oozing yeah. everywhere. Interesting choice, Steven Spielberg. Mm-hmm. Hey, which we didn't mention that. This is yet another Spielberg and Hanks collaboration because uh, Steven Spielberg himself is at the helm on this one. Yeah, and you know, it's another great flick. Um, mm-hmm. And... Props to Steven. I'm not horrifically depressed after this one. Yeah, this one had its brief moments of of abject horror. Like we see Mm -hmm. some people get shot trying to cross the the wall. Yeah. Um, But outside of that, generally pretty lighthearted, pretty good story. Wasn't Mm -hmm. too worried about anybody in this flick. No, 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 no. Um, Okay, Luke, you, you drink coffee, right? Oh, yeah. Drinking it right now. Okay. What do you think of Tom's uh, character's coffee order, which was Nescafe cream two lumps? I think this is a hard-boiled man, my friend. (laughs) This is a man. Nescafe back in the 60s, Mm -hmm. uh, like 1960, I think is when this movie takes place. Yeah, between 57 and 62. Okay, yeah, that's going to be some real singe-off-your-own-teeth kind of coffee to be, to be drinking. Uh, so I, I get why he's you know, requesting the softening aspects here, the cream uh-huh. and the, the, two, the two cubes. Um, yeah, man, that's going to be some real dock worker shit, oh, if I had shit. to guess. Yeah. A, a stevedore's cup. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's how I would bill it. I'm pretty sure that's how they marketed it back in the 60s. <laughs> A stevedore's cup of coffee to start your day off right with. <laughs> Jolt your fucking nervous system into a state of alarm. It's Nescafe. <laughs> yeah. Hey, on a related note, we uh-huh. see in uh, in West Germany, so West Berlin, when he's uh-huh. recuperating, Tom Hanks orders two breakfasts. Two breakfasts. Which is a bold move, I think, ordering two whole American breakfasts. That he doesn't eat at all. And Mm -mm. Luke, I had a very important thought Mm -hmm. uh, as that breakfast was being delivered. And Luke, what is the most fuckable breakfast food? (laughs) (laughs) Hmm. So the obvious answer is pancakes. Okay, see, I had thought pancakes. Yeah, that's uh, the they, obvious one. Because they're sticky and buttery and soft and warm, and you can get right in that tall stack. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's there's a tall stack aspect to it that's very appealing. But Sam, I'm going to go with liver. 
Oh, wrong answer. Mm, I don't know, man. <laughs> I think liver, based on pure desire to have sensual relations with a breakfast food, liver really takes the cake there. Fried liver, because mm, that's some delicious ass breakfast food. Oh, you're gonna you're gonna have to explain this one to me, bud, because ooh, I'm having a hard time, <laughs> hard time getting on board with this. See, that's the thing. Everybody, when they think about fucking breakfast food, goes straight for the pancakes. And Sam, everybody overlooks the subtler yet more seductive aspects of fried liver. Mm, yes. What could be sexier than organ meat, Luke? I want a yes and you so bad, but. <laughs> This is fucking horrible. That's fair. We can abandon the liver. Maybe that's just a me thing. Maybe it's just a... Yeah, I think I think we just found a kink. Yeah, just a uh, Teutonic palate at play here. Really wanting some, some fried organ meat in the mornings. I See, I had... God, God, look, God. <laughs> Jesus. <Yeah>. Um, <laughs> so, so I had thought pancakes. Because, again, you know, everything we talked about. Mm-hmm. But I had a realization of something better. Okay. A pen au chocolat. Ooh, now we're fucking talking. Yeah, because it's, it's, it's already in that. And the chocolate, should it be warm and melty, pre-lubes it. Mm-hmm. So you're... <laughs> You're For the folks into- at home, I'm getting some nice hand gestures yeah. doing all this that <laughs> yeah. are really selling all of it, for sure. Yeah, so you're just going to pound town on that flaky, buttery pastry filled with warm, melted chocolate. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Yeah, this makes some sense. I, I hope at home somebody has just discovered a deep, deep, unsatisfied kink uh, oh, yeah. from all of this, from this goofing. Because we're goofing, but uh, I'm, you know, somebody's gonna really connect with this, and I'm, I'm glad we could provide that as a service for you. Yeah. Hey, you dirty folks out there, why don't you get a nice warm pan au chocolat and warm it up, and then stick your parts right inside it and just go to town and add some filling to it. <laughs> That's a uh, Panera Bread's new commercial, by the way. I don't know. <laughs> yep. I think it's in poor taste myself, but. Uh, but, you know, Luke, they paid me pretty well to do that commercial, so uh, mm-hmm. I think it's fine. Yeah, it's a good career move for you. Nobody's arguing that. Oh, no. Uh, I mean, do you have other thoughts about this movie? I don't have too many more. They do say Checkpoint Charlie a lot, which is just mm-hmm. fun to say. I wish I it could is. say, let's meet at Checkpoint Charlie, Sam. Yeah, Checkpoint Charlie. Mm-hmm. Oh, you mean Checkpoint Charlie where I jerked off that vagrant? <laughs> 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 why'd you why'd you have to go and make it checkpoint charlie's fun there's like a bouncy castle and stuff at checkpoint charlie sam why why are you implying that i didn't have a good time <laughs> <laughs> it seems like maybe a good time over at checkpoint charlie over at checkpoint it- yeah you know what maybe checkpoint charlie's a better name for like a kink club yeah uh, I don't like a military themed uniform uh SM kind of uh exactly. club. Yeah, Checkpoint Charlie. We're gonna go over to Checkpoint Charlie tonight yeah. and it's gonna get weird in the best way. Hey Luke, grab your cat of nine tails and a warm panel chocolat. <laughs> We're gonna head down to Checkpoint Charlie tonight and it's gonna get wet. <laughs> and bring three mops. <laughs> I hope you have wet wipes. It it's sticky night. 
<laughs> over at Checkpoint Charlie. Checkpoint Charlie, Tuesday's Sticky Night. Man, yeah. So I had fun with Checkpoint Charlie. I've had more fun with it just now. Um, yeah. But that was pretty good. What about you, man? you have any sort of uh, rapid-fire final thoughts on this movie? Yeah, I got just uh, just some quick ones. Um, there was that guy who was talking, uh, saying some great stuff about the U.S. justice system, and boy, it ain't what he thinks it is. No. I mean, as evidenced by this fucking movie. Yeah, where it's like, innocent until proven guilty, except the judge is like, nah, fuck this guy. Yeah. I'm gonna deny every motion and give this man a fair trial because I've decided he's guilty. Yeah, because he's a spy, allegedly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they definitely throw the book at him in this kangaroo court. So You'll... there's that. Uh, and then there is a scene that just shows how fucking weird the Pledge of Allegiance is. Ooh, yeah. Hey, you ever try to explain the Pledge of Allegiance to non-Americans and <laughs> see how that goes? Boy, it's fucking crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Because just a classroom of children saying that America is a great place uh, all at the same time is haunting. Yeah. Especially when paired with a video of atomic bomb explosions. Yeah, that's some real Spielberg. That's that's you know where you see his handiwork at play mm-hmm. here. Uh, seeing those those cut shots uh, going between atomic bomb explosions and the Pledge of Allegiance, man, it's some real fifties fifty seven to sixty two bullshit. Oh, That's for sure. Yeah. And Luke, that does bring me to a question. Mm-hmm. Do you think that whole classroom vibe is why boomers ruined this country? Hmm. Say more about that. Well, you know, I saw a statistic the other day that uh uh let's see, uh around the age that that uh, millennials are right now, uh boomers had about twenty one percent of all wealth. Uh, in the U.S., uh, Gen X had something like nine percent, and Luke, millennials have four point eight percent. Apparently, two percent of that alone—just two percent of that—is Mark Zuckerberg. Holy shit! The man's a statistical anomaly. Yeah, the rest, uh, the other two point eight percent of all wealth in the U.S.—that's millennials. The rest of the millennials. Holy shit, Sam, now I'm depressed. Yeah, well, you there's good reason to be. Um mm. but but you know, boomers they just they just really rat fucked this country every every which way. Yeah. And, and you can't and help. I, I mean, what you're positing here is that that classroom environment, the fear of nuclear explosions being under your desk for nuclear drills and the pledge uh-huh. of allegiance and all that stuff, uh it can't have helped, Sam. Yeah, I mean, we see we see Tom's boomer son panicking over the amount of water that they can get in a tub should the sirens go off before a nuclear blast and also mapping out the blast zone to see how how obliterated mm-hmm. he would be in the event of a nuke hitting the Empire State Building, which I got to tell you, weird target for the Ruskies. <laughs> yeah. We're going to hit a moderately sized building. Yeah, uh, from the twenties, and we're just gonna really go for it. <laughs> yeah, it'd be like it'd be like them blowing up the Statue of Liberty. It serves no no strategic purpose. Yeah, but boy, it'll make some people sad. Yes, it will. It's it's yeah, a hundred percent. It's more of a pathos argument, mm-hmm. really, when you think about it. 
Yeah, so so I'm wondering if that sort of uh, neurotic uh, kind of upbringing really fucked those boomers right up. Yeah, it's a good argument. I think uh, I think there's something there's some truth in those nuggets, sir. Yeah, there's something. Uh, on on a happier note, uh, I did notice that Tom's German was pretty good. Tom's German was pretty excellent, which begs the question: Why can he do German with a pretty good accent? But then yeah. any amount of accent work in English is is asking too much of the man. Wait. Wait. Mm-hmm. Maybe Steven Spielberg is the only person who will tell Tom that he's done a bad job on an accent. Oh, my God. Holy shit, you've blown this thing wide open. Steven Spielberg is the only man with enough spine... To tell, yep. to look Tom Hanks in the face, look him in his doughy, happy America's dad face, <laughs> and tell him that accent you just did—that was horse shit. Whatever yeah. that was, was no good, Tom. Yeah, Steven Spielberg and his chrome-plated balls comes up to Tom and says, "Nope, that was trash. Do it again." Mm-hmm. We're gonna do another take, and you're gonna do better this time, Mister that- Hanks. That's why he gets such good performances out of Tom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's him and Rita Wilson, people willing to dominate Tom Hanks. Yeah. Uh, that's oh. it. Oh, now that's an angle. Mm. Do you think? Uh, do you think Steve is a bit of a third? I think. I think no. I think it's more of a, in a professional capacity. He's gotcha. he's unafraid to get on top of Tom Hanks, sort of yeah. professionally. Yeah. yeah, hit hit him with a cat of nine tails down at checkpoint, Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> if it gets the roles that he needs, if it gets the performances that he craves for his movies, hey, old Spielberg will do just about anything. Oh yeah, and you know what? We should commend him for it. Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, you got anything else? No, I think that's about it as far as things I've mined out of this movie. Yep. Yeah, I think so. Uh, well. In that case, Luke, um, I, confusingly, I have a Soviet prisoner here, Mm. and the Soviets, who still definitely exist, um, have imprisoned my parents, and the only place that they'll do the exchange is at the Hanks Bank. All right. So, would you like to come with me? Uh, and over, <laughs> oversee that exchange. <laughs> I think it's imperative that we do, given the stakes here, Sam. Let's let's head on over. Let's go. Luke, I need you to ingratiate yourself with a Soviet spy and infiltrate East Berlin to negotiate a prisoner swap. It's time to come with me to the conspiracy corner. Oh man, that's a that's some big boots to fill this week. But let me slide on into them. Oh yeah, and Luke. We got a big one today. <laughs> um, so, here's the thing, Luke. Mm-hmm. Uh, we see here uh, that that Tom Hanks, who is James Donovan, a uh, mm. real-life person, um, same dude, uh, that, that he is an attorney who is cooperating with the CIA in this prisoner swap. Okay. I, I think what we're seeing here is Tom Hanks acting as a double agent because he's mm. working for Mossad with the CIA to get access 
to East Berlin. Oh, shit. So you think there's a separate operation going on during oh, this time? I don't just think, Luke. Mm. I, I know. Okay. Because, Luke, in 1962, Israel's Mossad was carrying out Operation Damocles, which <laughs> uh, eagle, eagle-eared eagle listeners mm-hmm. will remember me mention once before. Yeah, in dog. Fucking volunteers. Mm-hmm. Because, Luke, in this movie, we see Tom Hanks in East Berlin working with the uh, East Berlin or East German government, uh, sussing out different Germans and shit, and also dealing with a lot of letters. Well, Luke, Operation Damocles was a Mossad operation to send letter bombs to German rocket scientists to keep them from helping the Egyptians Egyptians from developing developing a missile program holy shit sam yeah yeah (laughs) yeah so so luke we have tom hanks in east germany getting the fucking intel that's why he insisted on getting the second prisoner it wasn't Mm. just because it was like a good thing no he wanted to get in good with the east german government so that he could uncover those German rocket scientists so he could mail them bombs and kill them. Mm. And then, Luke, on top of that, we have Tom Hanks as James Donovan coming home, taking a nap, and do you know what he does for the rest of 1962? Uh, I'm assuming not sleep. That would be one hell of a nap. So what are, what are, you, what are you positing that he's doing? Luke, he goes to Southeast Asia. Mmm to assist in a CIA operation to take down a drug kingpin that we see in Ballin' Fucking Tears. Holy shit, looping it back to volunteers of all movies. Volunteers. Fucking volunteers. Yes. So, so we have it, folks. I thought originally that in volunteers, it was Lawrence Bourne III, again, an alter ego of Tom Hanks and James Donovan now. Sure, Just sure. learning spycraft, tr- trying out for the Mossad. But Luke, I was wrong. Mm-hmm. I didn't have all the information. He wasn't trying out. He was already with the Mossad. He had worked. He had been instrumental in Operation Damocles. He had killed those German rocket scientists well before they could help out the government of Egypt. No, he was here doing his other cover, working for the CIA. Holy shit, man, the dude's a double agent. He's all over the place. He is. He's playing He's for been everybody. Spying. He's been spying in the United States so much longer than we thought. Mm-hmm. Hot damn. Hot damn indeed, Luke. We've <laughs> we've got him. We got we got him. Damn, dude, you're blowing my mind a little bit. And the tie-in to volunteers really seals it for me, I think, on the evidence front. Uh, yeah. Because it just, it just works out so seamlessly. I mean, yeah. it makes perfect fucking sense. It's almost distressing because the prisoner swap was in February of 62, and volunteers clearly takes place later in 1962, mm-hmm. which means that Tom Hanks had plenty of time to carry out this prisoner swap, mail a bunch of letter bombs to former German scientists, and then go to Southeast Asia to kill a drug kingpin. Yeah, I mean, hey, you can accomplish a lot in a year if you're properly motivated, and Tom Hanks slash uh, every other alter ego he's ever had 
is is nothing if not highly motivated mm-hmm. for sure. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and I mean, to be perfectly honest, Luke, that's uh, that's that's pretty much it. I mean, I've I, it's a pretty big bombshell. Yeah. Uh, but but that's that's what we have today. Damn, dude. I mean, it's a big ass bombshell. I wouldn't say. Well, you know what? I'll go ahead and say it. It's a nuclear sized bombshell. I think oh, that it you've is. just lobbed out there. I mean, the fact that we've now tied Tom Hanks to Operation Damocles can't be resting well, sort of with the Mossad, so I am very anxious about my own personal safety now. You and me both. Uh, yeah. I don't, you know, I've been yeah, uh, you know, telling all these teams that we got them and, uh, and sicking some people on some other people, including you, uh, unfortunately. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't think I'm long for this world, to be perfectly honest with you. I yeah. think they're, they're coming for me. Yeah, I think the secrets you you have inside of your brain, uh, mm-hmm. I think much like Rudolph Abel and Mr. Powers in this movie, there are government forces at work that would very much like to extract this information and or purge you from this earth uh, for the, the knowledge that you have. And I guess by extension, me too. Yeah, yeah, we are in uh, great danger. Mm-hmm. So that's not great. Yeah, I, I think we're considered now a national security threat for two nations. Hmm. Not how I saw my Sunday going, but I will accept uh-uh. it. Yeah, yeah. You know. Uh. What can you do? Yeah. Well, Luke, I I think it's time, unfortunately, to put Bridge of Spies to sleep. Yeah, I think it's time to to put it to bed. We've yep. done we've done hacked at it as much as we possibly can. That feels fair. And so I think it's time for us to look ahead to next week. Uh, where we are not watching Ithaca because we found out that Tom Hanks is only in there for like 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. But instead, Luke, we will be watching 2016's A Hologram for the King. Nice. Which we've heard through the Jillians, I want to say. Yes. That yes. this movie is, is actually very good. Uh, I still don't know a thing about it, but I am no. very excited to watch it now. Nor do I. And so, Luke, what do you think A Hologram for the King is? Yeah, I think a hologram for the king is a is a modern retelling of the emperor's new clothes, in which oh. there is a a man. So it's Tom Hanks in this in this uh, you know fable, as it were, is trying to sell holographic clothing to a king, but the technology does not super work. But it is very expensive. Huh. So essentially, what we're going to see is is a king who's been hoodwinked into purchasing hologram clothes. Uh, and then he's going to parade around basically in the nude because it keeps malfunctioning. Um, and then Tom Hanks is probably run out of a country. I assume that this is being done, uh, based on the poster in some desert country somewhere. So let's say like Saudi Arabia. Um, yeah, everything goes sideways. And then, uh, we are going to get some Bourne style action film pieces with Tom Hanks on the run, uh, from a mostly nude, but still hologram clothed King. Uh, yeah, it's going to be a real romp, I think. A real sort of cross between a Disney-esque movie and uh, Paul Greengrass, I think, is Ooh. what we're going to see. Ooh, that sounds good. Mm-hmm. That sounds good, Luke. Yeah, that's what I think, though. Sam, what do you think A Hologram for the King is going to be about? Luke, I I think we need to to focus in on part of the title. And it is it does say, For the King. Mm, true. And I think the king refers to, of course, the late, great Larry King. 
And so I think <laughs> that this movie is about Tom Hanks, uh, some sort of science-minded, computer science, engineer, physicist sort of guy who is trying to develop the hologram of Tupac Shakur so that he, that hologram can appear on Larry King's show. Oh, shit. And it's it's just, uh, you know, one of those, like, kind of inventor movies. It gets mm-hmm. real just balls deep in the science. Mm. Um, and we see him toiling away while uh, Larry King screams at him uh, because I do think he <laughs> he's doing this in Larry King's dungeon. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And you hear Larry go, where's my Tupac? And uh, and Tom's like, I'm sorry, Mr. King. I'm so sorry. I'll have the hologram of Tupac Shakur ready for you any day now. And Larry King says, you bet I got to do my show next week. <laughs> A flawless impression Thank of Larry you. King, if I do say yeah. so myself. Uh, you know, he, I, I do my best. Mm-hmm. And so... I, I think it's that. I think it's uh it's got maybe a, a sousson, if you will, of uh, whiplash, mm-hmm. um where it's you know Larry King berating Tom Hanks, uh, <laughs> because he knows him... that he can deliver more. He can do exactly. better exactly. with this hologram. <laughs> yes, I'm so glad you understand this movie. Mm-hmm. So uh so yeah, I I think that's what we'll be getting next week. Nice. Well, I hope one of us is right. I kind of hope you're right, because I want this Whiplash-esque Larry <laughs> King dungeon adventure starring Tom Hanks. Fuck, that sounds good. I'd watch the shit out of that. Yeah, I. you know, maybe we'll be lucky and it'll be both of ours. Mm-hmm. And that that in addition, be... he also gives Larry King fake holographic clothes. Yeah, which, you know, the stakes are high on that one. You better get that technology <laughs> yeah. right. Yeah, you don't want to see Larry's wrinkled member. Mm-mm. No, sir. No. Well, let's let's hope it is both of ours. Because <laughs> if there's anything I want to see, it's Larry King's old, old ass. Yep. There's a high chance of it, I think, based on what we know about this movie, which is nothing. Yep. Well, I'm pretty excited. Uh, well, folks, uh, until then, you can find us on Facebook at Hanksy Panksy Podcast. You can find us on Instagram at Hanksy Panksy Pod. You can find us on Twitter at Hanksy Panksy. And you can send us an email at HanksyPanksyPod at gmail.com. Uh, please send us your, your thoughts, uh, your opinions about uh, the Conspiracy Corner. And you know what? Uh, sort of a special message for this week. Please don't use our fucking email to sign up for spam websites. <laughs> <laughs> please don't do it I've been fucking unsubscribing from annoying mailing lists all week please don't fucking do that again Vicky Silva yeah whoever I know you. you are yeah um, so yeah please please don't do that to us um, but please do write us a review on Apple Podcasts and share us with a friend it really helps us out um, and also uh, just sort of a, a special note uh, uh, this week is uh, due to um, the sort of uh, horrific violence uh, being perpetrated against the Palestinian people in Israel. Uh, It may be a good idea if you want to support the Palestinians to uh, call up your congressional representatives, uh, your senators, and and ask them to consider cutting uh, U.S. funding for Israel's military because uh, they are 
doing some heinous fucking shit uh, to the Palestinian people, uh, mm. and we mm. give them billions of dollars a year to do that, ostensibly. So, um, so yeah, uh, consider doing that. And uh, and uh, until next week, folks, uh, thank you for listening, and uh, we'll be back next week with uh, 2016's A Hologram for the King. Do you, uh, you want that final quote? Oh, shit, yep. <laughs> yep. It's a quick one for you. So this week, it is said a lot by basically everybody in this movie, and Sam, it is, son of a bitch. Son of a bitch. Uh, appropriate this time, son of a bitch. Sorry, Luke, for, for forgetting your spot. <laughs> and once again, folks, thank you for listening to Hanksy Panksy. We'll be back next week with 2016's A Hologram for the King.